KRKA Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of KRK Radio. It is me, your dowager of table night, the type, the table that is best standing, and we're just amazing. Um, happy Halloween, motherfuckers. It's Halloween weekend. Um, hope some of you girls take your mask off and live in who you really are in the real world. And, you know, stop being a dry hater. We don't like that at KRK, KRK Radio. Um, just bashing a few people. Um, yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, anyhow, I'm here with my co-host, uh, Black Word. Hello, hello, hello. It is the scribe of Table Dusk, the whispering evil. Everything you hate to see and everything that will always be here. Um, never be a dry hater. That's how you go to hell. Dry is a very hot place and there's no humidity and your beard's gonna dry up and razzle up and no one's gonna want to fuck you. Um... Please remember, kindness is key, and it's a key to living further. That's all yeah. I got. Yeah. <laughs> also, our um, peacemaker, our table of chiggers, our table of no sobriety, <laughs> our, our good friend, the wind god, Bonte. Well, hello, hello, hello. It's Vante of the Storm, Vante of the Liquor. Okay. So, yeah, dry hating leaves uh, niggas ashy. And uh, I think we need to uh, do better about that. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. Y'all are mothers. Y'all, 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 yeah, y'all are, y'all are mothers. <laughs> But your mama, I, your daddy, your ball head granny, she's ninety nine. She thinks she's fine. She walks around like it's fine. Period. So yeah, just do better. Um, dry head and make you age quicker. Um, yeah. So let's do better about that. And without further longing and ado, um, our top of all tops, a real man. Give it up for Dr. Showtime. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? It is uh, Big Poppy Showtime, you know, the leader of Table Dawn. I'm here. I'm queer. Let's get used to it. If you're curious about the energy today, we've all expended our um, male essence <laughs> before coming in. <laughs> yeah, my pussy is really tender, and I'm trying to, like, stand right now, and I can't sit. But, you know. <laughs> I really should have bought a bottle before the show. I'm picking thorns off my hoodie as we speak because I was playing in a forest in a woodland area. And I'm about to do something really phallic with a blunt because I'm going to smoke it and put it in my mouth. He's going to rub that shit on it. He's going to tap it on his lips. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a whole session and you guys can't see it. Ha <laughs> ha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People have asked us, they pay literal money to see us like actually talking to each other. It's never going to happen because <laughs> we just be sitting, laying around doing whatever. <laughs> you know, sometimes with clothes on, black. sometimes without clothes on. Well, we can yeah, be right. I'm wearing more clothes today than I've ever worn in like the last, what, four episodes? And I think we're very good at um, improv because we're also not together sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, people are still confused by the fact that we are not in the same room when we record these episodes. This is not in the studio. 
we just be chilling on, we just make a time, you know, come in, sit in front of our computer or our phones and just chat and talk shit and drag each other and drag other people. And sometimes we don't always make it through the entire episode, but that's okay. Yeah, if you guys just hear silence suddenly from from one person, that means they got the fuck up and left. (laughs) Yeah, a few times it's just been two of us in the room (laughs) together. (laughs) It happens. Um. So today, nerds and blurds and gentle people, we are reviewing Judgment Day number six. Wolverine, the Lord, it's finally over. Sorry. We have one issue left. I said what I it's said. It's the Omega issue. It's just the Omega issue. That means they're going to set the new status quo. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine 26, Exterminators number two, and New Mutants number 31. We are starting with Judgment Day. I'm really intrigued about scores about this guy. This got a little bit of mixed reviews in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Let's go in order of um, Dust to Dawn. Table Dusk. I'm sorry, I meant Dawn to Dusk. I'm out of I it. I was like... Dawn to Dusk. Dawn, <laughs> Table Dawn. You go first. A four. Day. Now I'll give it maybe... Oh, I, they had a couple of a little cute moments. I'll give it a, 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 a six. Table Dawn gives it a nine. I give it a, I give it a nine also. I, I, I enjoyed the issue. I was not happy with the fact that Gene decided to make this damn decision to share the resurrection protocol. I, I don't. The black I don't, don't deserve. I I didn't like that. And then I kind of figured that that's where they were going to go to because they revived fucking Steve Rogers. And I'm like, okay, so now we're just reviving motherfuckers that aren't mutants now. So you're sharing something that's real sacred with people that's trying to fucking kill y'all. And then they shared a circuit with an eternal. I'm, I'm good. Well, to be fair, it wasn't like they resurrected fucking Red Skull. They resurrected basically the shiniest human to possibly ever exist. They, it's like I think we would be more sympathetic if it was like they resurrected T'Challa, because. But it, I mean, but Steve hasn't had a good history of being an ally with the X Men. That's just and my also, personal opinion. I mean, he's gotten better. Like he's not as bad, but his that's that still doesn't erase the shit that he's done as far as. Helping mutant kind of shit like that. Well, even fairer, even more fair. When he was Hydra commander, you know, I don't care that they said that was an alternate clone or something that was a version of him. The first mm-hmm. thing he did is that he did give equality to the mutants. He gave them their own country. And he said, Y'all can you have independence, you can do it however y'all want. New Attila, not New Attila, it was like uh New Jean. Because that was his, because A, he knew that the mutants, uh, weren't going to be with the shits and they were a big challenge to his power. So that was his way of taking them off the board. So that wasn't altruistic. That was just, I just need y'all the fuck out my way. Also, what is Ajax now? It's, is she an eternal celestial? She's a celestial and eternal. 
Yeah. She's a god now. And now, so Makari is up her ass. Right. No, not really. Makari's whole priesthood was all about the new way, which is like we're not strict adherents to Celestials' will. Celestials can make mistakes. She's like very much um, the Lutheranism of the Eternals' religion. She was like, you know, the Eternals are our own people. Humans are worth something. And like the Celestials, their word isn't absolute. Okay, but Ajax is still doing the judging. No. Well, she's like judging the Eternals themselves. And she's trying, like, we have to work every day to be worthy of like life. And like, I'm constantly holding my finger up as a symbol to remind everyone that we need to live every day as if we're being judged. Yeah. Every day is judgment. The four points that it got for me were Zerus bowing down and apologizing to Storm. Big moment. Mr. Roots. (laughs) Druig's punishment for being fucked up and starting the whole shit in the first place is he gets to spend the rest of his existence with Uranus. Well, okay, well, well, sidebar, he didn't only apologize to Storm, he also gave them Uranus as a weapon. One hour. He gave Arako an hour of uh, Uranus as a weapon. That's fine. Specifically, Arako got that. Come on, reparations. I said, mood. Is one hour worth him as a weapon, but then they're also like he has uh once he serves his sentence, he has to bury every single Iraqi body that he caused. Yeah. With his bare hands. Yeah, Druid has to. Mm. I love that for everybody involved. It sounds fair to me. I think I, let's I kinda wanna circle back to the Oh, go ahead. I kind of want to circle back to the resurrection protocol aspect of it because I think... Yeah, I'm about to go there too. I don't have an issue with it. I don't either. I think their rationale of explaining like this is a thing we're doing for the marginalized people in the world because that is actually something that is easily ignored in like the plight of the mutants is that like you guys hate us for being mutants but it doesn't mean hate in general doesn't exist in this world. There are underserved communities and like the idea, the very idea of which people talk about why Black Panther was such a good movie, which is the privileged have a duty to serve and help those who are underprivileged. Like that's just how it is. And we are immensely privileged as mutants in Krakoa to like not have to worry about these things. We can actually actively help and we can compromise a few things to help all these people who did not do anything to us. Um, first and foremost, these children who should not be held to the like the same things that their parents did, basically. And within that, it's because I've also just watched Bastard Son and the Devil Himself, which is literally a whole show about like children suffering for the sins of their parents who suffered from the sins of their parents and a war that no one can really remember like why it started and what the fuck was going on. It's just a circle of Showtime says fuck them kids. Um, quite interesting for someone who sits at the table of dawn. Um, fuck them kids. I said I don't it, know. I meant it. The first person, resu- first child resurrected was Brown. Um, I don't know if I can say fuck them kids. Um, I think 
I think, you know, Iraqi are still black people. Um, I think... Fuck them kids? Showtime, you get a little candy Owens over there. It's, it is not actually well, reality. Choice, it's not life. It was not... First off, my name is not Kanye or West. Um, Showtime West, that's your name, right? <laughs> no, not even close. Um... This is a fantasy world, so I can believe how I choose to believe in this fantasy world. Fuck them kids. Even Magneto cared about the plight of black and brown children. Yeah, and, 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 I, and, I, and I think I'm kind of like on that too, where like children children are perpetually always innocent in most cases. Mine is white children. Um, and I... like Because like children are at the mercy of a lot of things due to adults and their lack of privilege because... Youth is a youth is a disenfranchised group. Just being a kid is a disenfranchised group. So like, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good thing to, and also like to one up the Eternals and give back resurrection that they have been stealing for generations from humans. And and also the part about with Star Fox saying with Nightcrawler, like, oh this was like to be hated. Yeah, nigga. Now y'all black now too. This this is how Asians and black people need to get along. Because shit. Listen, I was hoping they'd bring up the Eternals. Because, because, like, let's let's be shady about it. Because Mm -hmm. the Eternals, the accident is about the model minority. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say it. That's the whole thing Druid leaned on. He was like, "We're we are not like the mutants. We share everything. Our immortality doesn't come with a price. We like look at them hogging immortality and hogging resurrection. They're so bad for it, right? Meanwhile, they're doing worse." Cersei was like, yeah, okay, so we also come back, but we've been doing it at the expense of y'all niggas dying each time. Um, (laughs) Our bad. And then they all wished for her to be dead. The one, I laughed, that one team caused such abrupt laughter for me because it was just like, Cersei goes, okay, bitch, fine. And she's like, here, God, fuck. Her and and them bangs was out. And, and the her. <laughs> they said, I wish her dead. <laughs> they said, bet. <laughs> Killed Cersei. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 no, I didn't see that coming. That was a shocker for me. I didn't see them killing Cersei. I didn't think that they were going to kill Cersei. Yeah, I, I didn't thought, see that coming. Is that a permanent death? Or is that she was a coming permanent back death. She's they excluded her. Yeah, she can't she, be resurrected. <laughs> she's the Emma Frost of the Eternals, too. Yeah, yeah she, she is. She's she cunted too hard, and then she paid the ultimate price. She should have calmed she went down full just cunt. a little bit. <laughs> but I also, I also have a theory too about this issue that I think kind of went under the radar. I think nobody noticed. So, incidentally, Sinister was never ever judged. Neither was Storm. Well, I'm. A, I, I'll say this in fairness. More likely, Storm got got judged off panel because it was never mentioned. But I think I don't think so. But I don't think I don't think Sinister got judged because he is the clone. Because remember, Craven didn't get judged either because he's a clone. I thought the exact same thing actually. Mm. And I think that's the thing that the X Men need to be aware of is that that man may be the clone. Like like Stasis may be the real Sinister. I hope this last issue is where they either confirm or deny that Storm was judged. It feels like they're saving it up. I feel like they'd save it up for something big, like the lead-in for the next issues of X-Men Red, because they're doing the whole next arc for that. Um, 
but like actively, I can't say that, that she was off panel because they haven't even hinted at it. Like everyone right. else has the little moment where they say, "Oh, I was judged like this," and Storm was right there in the room. They was all talking about how they were judged or like if they were judged or not. And Xavier was like, "I can't. I was too busy. I didn't even notice if I was or or wasn't." And then like two different issues, we got Xavier's judgments. Yeah, but but Storm but then, like, was also a goddess, and the Thor celestial judged. wasn't judging gods. Thor got judged. As but not, heard, here's the thing. All right, I want to make this point. I don't believe that the Asgardians are fully gods. Not in the way that like you think of like capital G godhood, like Zeus in them. Um, it's kind of just different. And it made more sense when I realized that some gods see Hercules get, get judged? Who? Do we see Hercules or Ares get judged? No. Oh. They probably didn't. And it's because the difference between, I think, Olympian gods and Asgardians is Asgardians aren't fully themselves. Like, they're physical embodiments of a higher entity that was going on. But their physical bodies are just incarnations. Just like how, to me, Storm is an incarnation and she has a godhood. It's like how, if you some Christians out there, you guys know how, like, God, Jesus can both be God and not be God at the same time. The duality to it going on. Yeah, like the, like, rapid, the whole rapid flesh situation. Yeah. It's like Jesus is an incarnation of his godhood that walks the earth and can serve humanity and like the, the components where you need to be of flesh. But then he's also constantly existing as like a higher entity. It's like his little drone. This is Wi-Fi. There is a Bluetooth paired like little robot. Like the Phoenix Force. I think we explained this before. How the Phoenix Force is both Gene and also not Gene, but Gene will one day evolve to become the Phoenix itself. And she would then exist outside time and space and always exist. I tried to explain that and it didn't go well. It's such a because people need like a you need to like start from the bottom and work your way up with that. That's like some deep theological like sciences. That's like it's like second level, and a lot of things aren't even on the first. You gotta, you gotta break the concepts down. Showtime. I'm like, I, mean, I tried it, then I was like, I don't, I don't. Well, I, I think don't. I think that like people need to understand that Gene is an omniversal constant, that she's in mm-hmm. her own loop. Mm-hmm. Which is also imagine that Gene chose Echo. <laughs> On some level, Jean had to go, Echo is such a bangy bitch, I fuck with her. <laughs> well, you know, but, but you know what? Every good parent lets their kids drown from time to time. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all got to be in the yeah. ghetto for a little bit and learn this lesson. See when I'm off the clock and see how it's done. Y'all, y'all can watch the house. I think that was intentional. I think that was a lesson to be learned for um, humans. Because didn't like, um didn't the celestial just like take out Echo as the Phoenix with like yeah. a snap of his fingers yeah. or some shit? He said, "Girl," which isn't truthfully possible, but also that's not in our that's not its um ideal host. I yeah. think it's like operating at like twenty percent power when it's in Echo. It's a vacation yeah. for it. <laughs> it's a little vacation. Because yeah. I was gonna say there was no way that Jean as the Phoenix was was knocking around Celestials herself. Shit, it's like so how 
Cyclops and Rachel was not going to ram Galactus. Oh, he did. I don't know. But there was a lot of love in this issue for me. I appreciate it. Um, you guys saying like they didn't I didn't like that there's a mutant circuit. Ooh, fuck, Showtime. God damn. Um, <laughs> Showtime just stood up. We saw a lot of Jamaican ass. <laughs> a lot around Stop Jamaican. Stop acting ass. like it's new. It's not new. We've seen it before. We know. Um, but I I think I enjoy when mutant circuits exist. In connection to the externals, because the um basically what was happening was it wasn't they didn't clarify if it was a unimind or a mutant circuit because it was both. Like it was the mutants borrowing the unimind from the uh ex- the eternals and the eternals doing a mutant circuit. But like I was trying to figure out what exactly they actually achieved with that circuit because they were using partially resurrected. Um, sin, sign, sin, the, the, the Mimitar, the Mimitar. <laughs> um, and then they just put a bunch of psychics in it. I don't know what happened. It was a unimind mixed with a mutant circuit so that the Mimitar can go toe to toe with the celestial and and not die immediately because okay. it was weaker. And also, it took all six of the hex to go toe to toe against that celestial and now it's only by itself and it wasn't going to be possible so they use their psychic abilities to bolster it including throwing in sync to uh mimic their power and be a part of it oh that's right because sync can mimic um non-mutant powers whereas hope cannot yes and then he also used it which is why they were able to do the unimind in the first place to, he's basically like connecting the mutant and the external half. I love when they just do things with sync. Though I do have a personal feeling that they're getting too invested in throwing in power enhancers when they could just have more feats because um, it validates their feats because it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, but he needed a boost fruit to do that or he needed a sync or he needed a hope to boost their powers to do it and I'm like, that's stupid. Just let them do it. Yeah. So they're also allows them to do things outside of their normal power range because it would seem um, like it would seem out of place based on their feet history. Iceman freezing the entire uh, the entirety of the of the uh, Eternals armory would have been out of sync. It was just they didn't want to seem like he did it on his own, but he should have been able to do it on his own. He's an Omega. True, but like. Let's say it was Oya sent there to freeze everything. She would not have been able to do that without a boost fruit or a boost of some sort. I I disagree. I think it would have just been one of those things where we go like, oh, the natural advancement of her ability. She's been working on it. So, of course, she can now do one independently. Now, there's just no development for their powers anymore. It's just their powers are straightforward and, like, they need help to do anything. It's a little askew. Whereas it used to be, like, oh... Major skepticism, maybe they developed a new power, like Iceman doing hydrokinesis or Storm doing hydrokinesis. She did it in House of X Powers of 10. Yeah, but in truth, that moment, another moment of her stretching her power, she really should not have been able to do that. But you just go, oh, of course, well, she's just getting better with her abilities. I said, oh, I guess she's a waterbender now. That's cool. I would love to see her make constructs in the rain. That would be so beautiful. 
to me. <laughs> it would, you know, my I'm one a- and only table member. Yeah. You don't keep playing that card until it gets older, right? Because <laughs> I definitely feel like she needs more water feats. Hydrophobic of some of some sort. Despite her using wind too, she doesn't really get creative with it. It's annoying when people say, "Oh, her best element is lightning." I was like, "It really isn't. It's the wind." It's but not. like, you'll no. notice it. But she's doing a lot of shit with it. That Marvel Anatomy book. I'm happy they included that she does have an atmospheric field around her at all times. People forget that so often. She brings it along at all. If you see her flying, she has a bubble around her that cushions her. So, like, you could try to hurt her, but, like, it's not going to be as straightforward as you just taking a gun out and shooting her. That's probably one of the very few ways that you might actually be able to catch her off guard is actually to just shoot her like a regular gun. But, no, you can't. That's the the wild part. You can't because the atmospheric shield is stronger than a normal bullet. (laughs) So you shouldn't be able to, and yet there's like some inconsistencies when people do that. But I'm like, there's several issues, and like there's several like data books that say she's making an atmospheric shield when she flies. It cushions anything. A blow would not be a full blow on her. A bullet would not be able to get through. Well, that would make sense because there were um, certain instances where she was knocked out of the sky like with brute, excuse me, brute force, and she was able to. You get know, back survive. up. Yeah, get back up. The whole Sentinel punched her out of the sky and then she just lived. Because <laughs> you can't kill bad bitches. Number one rule. That would just be extra difficult against, like, Thor. I'm going to say, I think she can take Thor. Well, hasn't I she? think it would be difficult for her to take a direct physical hit from Thor. Like, if he were to just straight up punch her, she would have a hard time against that. Yeah, I think so. But she I think it just needs them to do more exploration of her atmospheric she take, shield. She could take Mjolnir hits. It is a fist against flesh that she would be like, mm, maybe this may be a little bit more difficult. But I feel like she also flies faster than him. I feel like she, I feel like overall his his brute strength and his warrior capabilities are like higher than hers. But I just don't think because he overly relies on the winds and like his weather powers to bolster him, that that would fuck him. Because yeah, he's not he he's not as efficient with weather manipulation as she is. Yeah, he's not a very and I've always said this, like I had different opinions because he said it. I, I I feel like I feel like he's not an effective weather manipulator, not in the way that Storm is. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have like that cre- that creativity. He doesn't have that like. He doesn't think outside the box enough for me. So what I'm saying is like in other, there's other applications to Storm's weather abilities that Thor doesn't do. So we're talking like pressure, utilizing pressure. We're talking like hydrokinetics. We're talking all that other shit. Thor doesn't really do that. Storm was taking her one power and turned it into 50. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Oh, um, one thing that we did not mention is Orcus actually participated in attacking the Celestial so that they are now um, in the good graces and public. That Orcus balloon pissed me off. But the Celestial clocked it, though. He said the only reason why they're even doing that is because they know times is like, like it's getting real serious out there. So they're going to fight alongside you even though they don't fuck with you. So much I think though Nightcrawler is going to be in an, an Avenger. I think this is gearing him up to be an Avenger. I'm not going to like that. Me either. I mean, honestly, of all the characters, it should have been him before it was Rogue. <laughs> it should have been him before it was Rogue. He makes the most sense to me of becoming an Avenger. I don't know. I think all X-Men need to stay off of Avengers teams. That's but the issue, though, is that the Avengers friend. should be the book where everyone unifies. Like every individual aspect of the Marvel Universe comes together. It should be a representative from each group. It's just Avengers have the now Unity made themselves Avengers? so tainted. I feel like, yeah, I feel like a Unity team, what they did made sense. Just how they executed it just didn't make any sense. The Unity team could have been good. Avengers. You want that again. I don't want that. I feel like they, they dropped the ball with how they executed Uncanny Avengers. I feel like it was a good concept that just had the wrong writer. It was definitely the wrong writer. I think the Uncanny Avengers was right to bring on, like, okay, we're going to have magical members from the magical Marvel Universe. We're going to have an intergalactic member from the intergalactic Marvel Avengers. We're going to have mutants, two mutants specifically, Um, maybe one inhuman uh, and an eternal. And then maybe one solid fixture it. from the Avengers mainstream, like Janet. They could have kept it. I don't know. During the time, it was all exciting until they did that fucking scene with Havoc. And you went, oh, I know what this is about. Or um, Wanda being racist as fuck. She was ODing. She was. She was ODing. It was and also had to get like, her to fuck together and be like, bitch, who are you talking to? But it did canonize the fact that um, all X-Men members have really powerful psychic defenses because they've been trained with it. It's what canonized that for the mainstream. Like, you can't just walk up in an X-Men's head and not, like, unless you're a, you're a mutant class telepath, don't touch them. Because the only other person who had those level of psychic defenses was T'Challa. Okay. Speaking of psychics, um, I don't think Psylocke copyrighted her psychic knife because James just ripped that shit. She said, bitch, whatever you can do, I can always do better. <laughs> she really did. She made, let's talk about the claw of it all. Do you guys agree that her psychic weapon should manifest as that? I, I think it was cute because it was like her boyfriend. I, mean, I chose to see it as a raptor claw. I I didn't see it as that. I saw it as like Wolverine claws. I would have much rather it been a raptor claw, but we can squint our eyes and say it was. In fact, let's gaslight um... the internet until they just do it. <laughs> let's do it. We can do it. She tried to do it on a fucking uh, celestial and damn Ajax dumbass. No, bitch, you ain't fucking with this damn nigga. 
She would have killed him. She would have killed it. <laughs> she said, totality of my psychic ability, and you know how vast that shit is. She would have yeah. killed that celestial. <laughs> she really was going to put it in the earth. She said, I want that nigga dead, like buried in the ground. The Phoenix has come to purge the earth. I mean, I would much rather that than a celestial. Or these last like three weeks of this fucking story. It's been so long. It has been like four issues of them just walking. Yeah, I'm starting yes. off all crossover events for the for the rest of uh for 2023. No, don't do that. Accident wasn't bad. No, it, it no act, act wasn't bad. Um, Dark Crisis has been like really burning my ass, but it's like me too. I, I'm I'm kind of like I think I think I'm gonna definitely do Dark Web because. Ended, but I think any more like long term crossover events, I'm not doing anymore. Yeah, I like I read, I, I'm gonna read Dark Web because I know that's in in the scope of the Krakoan Age. But anything outside the Krakoan Age that's not um involving the the X Men, I'm not doing no more crossover. No, nothing anymore. Yeah. And I don't care how curious I am. Because I feel like I agree. Because I feel like for me, I'm tired of spending money on crossover events and tie-ins and shit that yeah. have absolutely nothing to do with the plot. Like it's not giving anything to the plot. You're not carrying anything. It just it's like you'll talk about it briefly. I think I said this last show. Like you talk about it like briefly, and then you'll go on to your own, you know, your own plot. Because so, even uh, the X-Men tie-in events, like they all sucked. The X-Men Titan events, they all mattered. Like, you got to see characterization that's been playing out, finalized. Like, you got to see, like, yeah, Xavier's a bad dad, and, like, he's going to fail because of it. And that rolls over into Legion's characterization, him going, like, oh, he failed. So I just didn't really, like, have to deal that much with having to get his, like, acceptance. I accept myself and Magneto as a character who is the most respected person in Xavier's eyes respects me. So fuck him. It's like, yeah, fuck him. Or like you see it with, honestly, I still think um, some of these comics, I feel like some of these comics have better characters to focus on. But Magneto's, uh, X-Men Red is basically a Magneto tie-in. His characterization in that fight, how you got to the end of him dying for everything. Like that scene of him dying and staying dead, I feel like was the most pivotal execution that the X-Event had to offer. Um, I'm voting for Magneto to be an external and come back on his own. I wouldn't hate it. I feel like I want them to. I wish that the other world death protocols didn't suck and instead it just brought you back as a different kind of character um, instead of a a hodgepodge, mentally like, devastated individual. Well, that's gone now that the siege. It's gone now, but it was such a bad, it was such a waste of opportunity. I think if they did bring them back, like we can resurrect you, but you come back as a different version of yourself, it would make death, like the death that we know wouldn't stick, have more stakes to it. Because you're like, we're going to resurrect a magneto that we don't recognize. Um. Also, since Magneto did the Iraqi version of dying, where you can't come back and be resurrected. Um, they could just, you know, bring back Joseph. Yeah, I think they should you, bring you back Daddy Joseph, Joseph back so much. Just for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. You want to play in those silver pubes? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. Even though he's not dead, but he's just he's taken off the board right now. 
um, Apocalypse is on Amit. Bring back Evan. Yeah. I feel like if I see Evan, I need him not to be white coded anymore. I was the more and more into like uh Black Daddy Apocalypse I get, the more I'm like, Evan, why are you making yourself look like that? <laughs> you don't have to, baby. Curl up that hair. <laughs> They're saying perms now uh give you cancer. We knew that, yeah. you know. But That's yeah, overall, I think the accident. Um, I think it's it's going to be an important one in understanding the future of tie-in comics. Um, keep it real cute. Don't you don't have to keep it short, but keep it. Know when we we when we say fuck it. All right. <laughs> know when we say fuck it and then end it there. Because there's a point that we're gonna say fuck it, and if it drags out, fuck it too long, it's gonna be a fuck, fuck you. Early. Don't let a fuck it become a fuck you. Because I love Kieran Gillen's uh, writing. However, this was way yeah. fucking longer than it needed to be. I feel like this was longer than Kieran would ever have made it. I feel like they had a Leah Williams situation happen where they were like, actually, you're going to have to drag this out for a bit longer. And Kieran looked at them like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, we don't have a lot of things. Kieran was like, going to drag this out. I was just going to do this six-issue arc and like do a couple tie-ins with the other X-Books, but like now you want me to write four tie-in series? He emailed Leah an eye roll emoji and Leah said, girl, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's next up? Uh, next, I thought we were doing New Mutants. New, New Mutants. Mutants, sorry, I'm wrong. So... Judges, your scores. Are we going back in order again from dawn to night? Yeah, sure. Uh, this one was like a two. Probably going to drop this. Yeah. I'll give it a, I'll give it a five. I gave it an eight. Um, I gave it a seven. What's going on with you two cool bitches over there? That's on the deck. This little sloppy bitch. I don't know. Thank you. Keep listen, it. listen. Just because you don't got Adida Iala anymore doesn't mean you it's need not, to be vile. <laughs> it's not being vile. Who, like, she's not. She's not an interesting character. I thought like another escapade. <laughs> yeah. This art is not giving. Escapade is. Uh, Y'all didn't like when Emma Falls dragged the fuck out of Fauna and said his artwork, his writing was stupid. I don't. Just keep all of it. I don't want any of it. What was it? It was pickles on motorcycles? Yeah. Whatever. Pickle, like, um, um, yeah, it was a. No, it was a burrito on motorcycles or some shit. It was cute. I have a soft spot for Fauna. He might be one of my uh, sneaker faves. <laughs> it's the little boy whose power is to control animals. The green boy. It wasn't, it wasn't good for me. I'm sorry. I did not like it. Add Fauna sure. to the champions. And then John Sublime coming back and being like, um, Martha, we're going to put you back in the bowl, sweetie. 
Yeah, like trauma, baby. (laughs) I mean, one thing I one thing consistently about New Mutants that they do trauma well. Did you guys see that tweet? Viala like discussed that like their thread, and in it they discussed like how they wanted to look at characters who deal with trauma or who feel like dealing in trauma. And like my comment, I was trying to keep it cute because I don't want to get people in trouble. But I'm like, I was directly referring to the uncanny X Men run that happened just before the Hotbox event, the one that was deeply traumatizing, almost made me quit reading X Men comics. So. Let me tell you, after this assembled, they lost me. It was fucking bad. And it was like trauma after trauma after trauma. I like this run because they're focusing on the after effects of like basically everything these characters have been through. Like, I like that Cerebra. No, it was Cerebella, right? Mm-hmm. Cerebella. You're right. It's Cerebella. Cerebella. I like that Cerebella is like constantly talking about the back and forth of dealing with her trauma. It's like I feel powerful some days, and some days I feel like the same scared little girl that was in that that jar. And I'm some days I forgive everyone who who had a hand in like calling me no girl, calling me this really mean name, and like basically continuing my trauma by constantly reminding me of it. And some days I can't forgive them. I hate them down to my core. And it's very much a I may forgive you style explanation and exploration of her trauma in which there's no there's no clean way of doing it. There's no nothing but mess associated with that level of healing. And like just having to remind herself that she has a community, that she's capable of forgiveness, and that her worst day is not her best day. And her best day is going to be short and, and far between. Um, I don't know. Okay, I fucked so- with it. I just have a question. Yes, baby. This will help um, maybe clarify. Charlie Jane Anders, who is the writer now on uh, New Mutants, are they queer or trans? They're white, so that's going to make a difference. Let's ask the Oracle, aka Google. So, said. Tried to look up on Google and it didn't really tell me. You said Charlie Day, Charlie Jane Anders. I think their pronouns are she/her. So she looks like a white lady, but I don't know if she's queer or trans or both. Oh, this is other LGBT energy I'm seeing here. Yeah, trans. But I think, okay. What I think helped me when Vita was writing was that because they are non-binary and black, that they came with a perspective that like I understood how this trauma makes sense. Whereas I know this is the first issue that Anders is writing. I don't necessarily get that they have that same perspective. And so it makes it difficult for me to give a fuck about anybody that they're writing about. Now, this is their first issue, so, like, with a grain of salt, but... Be a bit unfair, yeah, but also we're here to be unfair, so... <laughs> but, like, also, this is coming literally, literally immediately after Vita Ayala just ended their run, and it was, like, very well written from beginning to end. Yeah. No, I get it. Um... 
It was like I think it's also because there's a lot of new characters thrown at us at once. Like we had Escapade, whose power is basically I substitute myself for you. Which um, I don't understand. Like what is what what does that mean? It's kind of like do they physically trade places with you or do they Yeah, trade, like, I don't really like, understand, so, understand her. so she's like a conceptual ability, basically. Very much a Rocky um in how it's set up. She can both trade physical objects with you and she also can change trade narratives with you so she can become storm and literally embody every aspect of what storm is what's the name of that character i think it's like black alice from dc whose power is she can borrow the powers of any magical hero and she like adopts like a costume sort of like theirs but more goth that sounds right yeah black alice i think Black Alice does that basically, but her power is more like physical. Like she can go, I want to be Taskmaster. And she sees Taskmaster across from her, and then she gets a Taskmaster costume, and she has all Taskmaster's abilities not just powers, but skills, abilities, things like that. But she also deeply empathizes with them. So she basically she will adopt you, but also knows what it's like to walk in your shoes. But she can also just limit it and just go, I want simply what you're wearing. I want your gun. And then she can like just hold something that's similar to your gun, and then you lose it. So I don't think you keep your powers while she has them. So she's not like a power mimic. She's a full-blown power stealer. Oh, so like a variation of Rogue. Yeah. However, I can see how that power can be deeply traumatizing. Because what if you borrow the abilities of Red Skull? It's like she has to empathize with you to take your abilities. I don't know. We're talking about Escapade, Monte. Uh, I'm probably yeah. not going to keep up with this comic for very long. I don't know. I also feel like there's too many new characters all across. Like I don't know who that young Asian boy is. The one who... Leo. Who literally is a walking, talking embodiment of if he's telekinetic, he's also telepathic. <laughs> I feel like they directly made a hit nod to that because I'm like, why did he need to be a telepath? No idea. I thought we finally got one more raw telekinetic character, and it was no, he's a telepath too. Hellion still remains the only pure telekinetic. And that's why he's so bitter. That's why he's so bitter. He's angry about it. Mm-hmm. Wait, Every it, telepath has telekinesis. Hell yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't think he's the only one. No, he's he's one of the only ones. It's like really notable. Um, There's no other telekinetic. The other ones are like, I think a few of them are just like not even C list. They're like D list characters. Um, with like one. Okay, the, the only other telekinetic that doesn't have telepathy is Cosmo the, the dog. And he's not a mutant. He's a guardian of the galaxy. Oh. It's very rare that they don't they don't have just one power. But there's telepaths, which is raw telepaths, but there's no uh, oh, no. no. Every raw telepath, telepath has telekinesis now. Mm-mm, little bro no is still just an ordinary telepath. Oh, uh, I forget. He just got like six appearances total. Yeah. But they're beastie appearances, and you need to respect him. I have not read that book. 
but no, there's more. I just don't feel like bringing out my whole list for that. Like, there's more telepaths, which is flat telepathic. They can't do shit. Oh, um, uh, Shola and Kose, the the indigenous Genosian guy. Yeah. Um, the only other omnipath that is not named Charles Xavier. I like the term omnipath way more than telepath. It just feels new and fresh. It has a lot more connotations to it. Being an omnipath means you're aware of everything within a set area, which means I think Lotus, uh, not Lotus, but Lactuka is the omnipath. Technically. Yeah, maybe. Um, from there, we also got that boy whose power is like he turned things to chocolate. Yeah, I was sitting there. I was like, now, how is that going to help? Against some signals, are we gonna eat the motherfucker afterwards? Or like, what listen, I do I think mean, it's a useful I, ability. I mean gold balls existed. Listen, exactly, so. exactly. You talk shit, but remember, gold balls was beating bitches' asses. <laughs> gold balls had the power to generate golden balls, and like, <laughs> look at but him now. Now, uh, now he now. is the least important member of the five. Most important member on Krakoa. He did this. <laughs> and what, but my thing is, what exactly is chocolate going to do? Honestly, that's a very, ask Majin Buu, what is chocolate going to do? It can feed you. Um, it helps um, your body release certain uh, feel-good hormones. Mm-hmm. When you have a migraine, eat some chocolate. But also, uh, like, just shooting that, people. If me. I got shot with a beam that turned me to chocolate, I'll be upset. That's not a, a beam you want to fuck with. That's a very dangerous power. He's a very dangerous ability. Mm-hmm. I, I, wonder wonder if cool I wonder if he can make like a good chocolate shield. Yes. I want him to get to levels of absurdity that Colossus is, which is like my power. I don't turn to steel. I turn to this tachyon and, and composed um, alternate dimensions field matter. I want him to tap into the chocolate, the chocolate dimension. Like you know how like Cyclops has the punch dimension. I want him to tap into the chocolate dimension. I want them to seriously involve him as a member of the X Men, <laughs> whose power it is to generate chocolate. Him I want to reboot podcast episode in ten years of Chocolat. Get the fuck. <laughs> 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 the amazing Ooh, chocolate solo theory <laughs> he flies around on a brick of chocolate <laughs> he's the only one who can replace egg in the five exactly <laughs> chocolate he makes chocolate eggs <laughs> lord i must <laughs> Oh, it's God. I guess he's got some Cadbury eggs to make. <laughs> Listen, Henry, this is your new favorite hero is Chocolat. I, I, I can lay chocolate eggs on my own. I don't need any help. Top 10 <laughs> Omega Level Mutants. Number one, Chocolat. Chocolat, the most powerful Omega Level Mutants. <laughs> and egg is number two. <laughs> Uh, oh, I sincerely, if I got, don't let me get to the X office. Y'all will see chocolate and everything. I also very quietly live for the fact that they put Forget Me Not in all of the Legion of X books by saying he's in the book, but not giving him any lines or anything to say or do or be acknowledged. He's just casually in the book. 
listen, forgive me not the best original <laughs> original X-Men um that you don't remember. <laughs> I wanna go to I wanna go to Forget Me Not's Wikipedia page on the Marvel Wiki and edit his appearances to all of them. And <laughs> And just like when people go to the sources, it says you don't remember? Question mark. <laughs> but that's the irony of this character. Like it's like they intentionally are writing a man for you to forget him. Remember what that he one didn't issue do anything either. So that's the funny part about everything he didn't do shit. <laughs> like we found him in the background, like a background character in the book, just like standing there the whole time. But like we didn't realize he was in the book the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think Stephen was like, "Yeah, forget me not was in this book," and I was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> Like he's right there. You're like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> literally had to scroll back through each and every page to be like, oh, he was literally on every page. <laughs> literally. <laughs> like, where's Waldo? Like shit. So how do we basically literally how do we feel about the, us accidentally um, manifesting the human back into creation? <laughs> Girl, please. <laughs> well, you also manifested um, Gene having a psychic knife with psychic claws. I did that, too, but we don't let that one slide. <laughs> we don't let that one vanish into obscurity. People want to talk about me and my power word. That put my abilities for my uh, character sheet. It's true. I manifest shit all the time. <laughs> Girl. And I thought John Sublime was just going to be in the Marauders book, but now apparently he's going to be in... Uh, New Mutants. I don't know that I'm going to enjoy that. It's <laughs> super J.C. Penny. Maybe it'd be like a crossover situation. I hope. I like his sister way better. Arkea. Arkea? She was a little cunt. A little bit. John Sublime was the main villain of, or the secondary villain of uh, Morrison's New Mutants. New X-Men. I don't know. So Did I you guys ever... I don't remember ever asking you, did y'all like the, the fourth incarnation of the X-Men books, the all-female team? I Okay, so I just oh, got those recently. Kid. I haven't read them yet, but I'm really intrigued. I recommend them. They're, they're like, in terms of learning about what was the Wolverine and the X-Men era like after the schism, it's a good embodiment of how they kind of, this, they balance, like, we're a superhero team and we're training superheroes. Um, without, like, you kind of pull back a bit more on the mutant metaphor, like the X-Men at that point in time, weren't dealing with mass annihilation events. Because I guess racists and, like, mutant haters were just like, let's chill on them for a second. And they was like... Was that a team that was Storm, Betsy in Psylocke's body, uh, Monet, Rachel, Spiral. and Jubilee? Yeah. Spiral was and on Spiral. the team, too. And Shogo was introduced Spiral in this was era. On, um, Spiral was on the sisterhood of uh, evil mutants. She wasn't on the X-Men. Yeah, she wasn't in this one. She didn't. She appeared in like a, in like an X Force issue beforehand, and she was like good in that one. I, I guess the "good" is the right word. She was more sane than usual. Um, and <laughs> and that bar is literally in hell. <laughs> you know, she wasn't. She was hanging out with the girl that she wasn't trying to traffic into um, ex- exploitation uh, in Mojo World. <laughs> For the listeners, we're going to redirect you to um, the episode of Cerebro Podcast where he and Jordan Block went over Spiral. That that psychotic it's episode. fucking chaos. <laughs> and I laughed the entire time. 
The episode is utter chaos, and you will be very fucking confused, but it explains who and what you Spiral You don't it's... interrupt the dance. <laughs> Great moment. Connor is a unofficial friend of the podcast. We love him. But <laughs> but definitely, um, that volume, that volume four era of X-Men it embodies, like, what I think... If I'm being honest, what I think people say when they mean like they want the old X-Men back, they think that's the old X-Men. But that X-Men team was abnormal in that they did not deal with almost any form of bigotry. They dealt with supervillains who were fucking with them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and like attacking their team because of old grudges, not because they're being proactive about fighting shit. Like, this is the era when the, the Avengers arena happened and Arcade went, I couldn't bring any mutants here because their security was too fucking good. And I was like, period. <laughs> they said, there used to be an attack, and like we can't get to them. We've been trying nonstop. So many teams have been trying to attack the X-Men. We cannot get through their defenses. And like once you do, you got to deal with like a thousand mutant children who are trained to fight you on a moment's notice, who have like literal pop quizzes, which is just like you walk through the hallways and the danger room will just turn on. You go to the bathroom, you got to cross the danger room first. At all times. like... <laughs> 60% of them are telepaths with wide-ass ranges. None of you are getting close. <laughs> You're not getting in. And that's Sorry. the funniest thing about the Wolverine and the X-Men era is that as much as Logan is a bad person, he was an excellent headmaster. He ran that bitch efficiently. <laughs> and there are, like, a good maybe 10 technopaths and a good, like, 15 niggas who are just smart with technology. They taught magic in classes. General. They have a handful of uh, uh, niggas who do magic. You aren't getting close. We also let humans attend the school. They just fully went. Like, if you're human, you want to come here, we'll let you. Like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> we don't really care. <laughs> oh, and they're, was that when their their uh, security system also was like that baby Krakoa? Yeah, baby Krakoa was also the security system. So they had the danger room <laughs> in every corner. They had the Krakoan uh, front lawn. They had... Literally one time, Psylocke said, "I know this dude was coming. I'm pointing a psychic arrow at his head right the fuck now." The dude had to impersonate being a gardener for like weeks at a time before he can even get close to even getting past the security system of the X Men. And it's like once you get in, you have like three minutes before you're swarmed by mutants. So you have three minutes, a three minute window to get in and out once you trip their alarms. That's efficiency. The Avengers can't even do that. Also, um, was that the same X-Men team where they, where it was Storm, went with the three psychics? Underground. And they did some psychic thing, yet something underground. And Storm was like, yeah, 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 um, there's a reason I'm on the team and not one of the psychics. So, yeah. y'all do y'all thing. <laughs> this was Monet era. This was, this was era of Buff Monet, too. When she they always went like let's give her some muscles let's let's make her a little a little Cora esque a little masculine and also still a bitch. I, <laughs> I love her as a character and I love every moment that she interacts with Emma Frost because she gives her the same bitch that Emma Frost gives everyone else. I love how she was dragging Rachel every five seconds. She's like, girl, like, do you want to go to the danger room and practice because your telepathy is fucking trash. <laughs> And Monet is like, and I know I'm not the best telepath in the room. However, I'm going to book your ass. Make it make sense. They also had Psylocke training that team of new mutants, of all boys. 
Um, it was great. It was a fun little issue. It helped solidify a lot of people's love for the X-Men. Um, mm-hmm. Recommend it. I think that's what they're trying to do with this one, but this team, they don't feel like... I think, honestly, we can be done with the children. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new to tell, except for no girl, but you can like just throw her on a team or something. I'm sorry, Cerebella. You can just call, like, just throw Cerebella on the team. Like, she's a telepath. A pure telepath. Or, Again, one of the pure telepaths. Or just be, be, be real cute and put a whole team of telepaths together just because. Neji, I really want you to say that. Thank you. <laughs> um, just to have a whole team of telepaths to prove the point that the mutant telepaths all have different, like, ways of doing shit. Is this because people were so outraged that that X-Men team had three telepaths on the team? And they were like, that's stupid. Why do you need three telepaths? It's like, because it's better to have multiple telepaths. (laughs) Is it just efficient to have multiple telepaths on your team? And the mutants make sense? I'm sorry, the five... The Phoenix Five were like all telepaths, and they showed you how efficient you can be where you don't have to talk. Mm -hmm. And only one of them's powers initially was telepathy. The girls were just upset for no reason. And I just don't get it. Um, but no, the human came and went. They made their creepy statements. Um, I think updating a human too to be like, including like very much um, reverse racism terminology into them was really useful and really good because that's exactly what's going on with the human. They covet mutant identity so much that they invalidate the experiences of what it means to be a mutant. Well, you were born with the ability, but I'm just going to take it from you. Girl, <clears throat> you don't understand your do you privilege. You don't understand your <laughs> privilege of having been born with the X gene. It's, it, it's nobody's fault. They, your genes are boring. Sorry. But yeah, uh, I liked it. I I enjoy it. I'm I'm I, you know I'm gonna give this three more uh, three issues total before I move on. If they are not keeping up with the Kardashians, as they might say, um, I need to move on. Um, because I I I would like to see Wolfsbane do shit. And I would like to see just the, the original New Mutants just go about doing shit and like focusing on these children for too long. Just give them their own book. Yeah. Then we have Children of the Atom again, and nobody wants that. Again? Did you say again? Mm-hmm. That's what we would have if we had a children's book. Oh. It would be the Children oh. of the Atom. No, I that. think, I think first of all, Anola is not a child. That nigga is a full-grown adult. Which is why it's confusing why he's there. Um, I think... Honey Badger, because our name's Honey Badger, not Scout. Honey Badger. <laughs> Honey Badger. Um, I I like the Water Boy because there's not a lot of mutants with water-based abilities, um, especially ones with a physical mutation like that. Water Boy, Honey Badger, Cerebella, Cosmar, I'm kind of over. Um, so no Cosmar. No escapade. I don't like her ability. But Chocolat, bring him along always. 
Uh, I think they could do a, good, a cute little um, self-contained X book of them just going on adventures and exploring new areas in the Marvel universe, kind of like the Runaways where they just do shit. But they could do that on Marvel Unlimited in one of those Infinity Scroll vertical things. And I'd read it. Cool. I read it. I wouldn't pick up a physical book with that because I don't care. You don't care about Honey Badger? Honey Badger needs to make appearances in Wolverine, um, which should be a book about Wolverine and his children. I love the moments where they show like how... Actually, this is a good pivot point to Wolverine because I think it's necessary to talk about how like Wolverine opens this book. Like It's like, you know, like when you see me being like wrathful and rageful, I'm actually paying attention to small, beautiful moments that have nothing to do with this. And it, like, how it reminds me of my family and how much I love my kids. Um, and how like I just prefer being around them so much and like how easy it is I'm coming to find out for me to just be good and okay with being good. Because that I was like, that's a beautiful moment. Um, but first, we got to give our scores. So, judges, your scores on Wolverine. Be nice. Okay, we're doing, a, <laughs> we're doing the, the same order again. Um, for a Wolverine book, and I'm setting the bar there, it's a seven. For a Wolverine book, I did not read it. For a Wolverine book, I'll give it a seven as well. You didn't read it. No. Listen, we we expect a lot of things from Monte. <laughs> we did, will not expect him to read really Wolverine. Didn't miss anything. <laughs> and everything we know that Monte likes: bad bitches fighting, um, bad bitches and leather, bad bitches just being bad bitches. Period. This book has none of that. Um, I am just not invested in the, uh, well, not, you know, I'm not a big Wolverine fan anyway. I'm just, not, I haven't been invested. I think the last one I read was that X, that accident one. And then, yeah, I don't know what's going on. You'll read an <laughs> X-Force book, a Wolverine book. I know it's technically the same thing, but. Uh, well, there's other I've people. i this book on a whim. <laughs> it was a whim. It was a whim. Henry, what's your score? <laughs> I gave it a nine. A nine? Okay. Um, there was a lot to hate. Um, so we're just selling pieces of Wolverine because that makes sense. Which is fucked up. Which is fucked up. I... <laughs> and Beast is now Patch? Help me. Please. Keep it. Not, I hope it, I hope not, Beast is doing some secret agent shit. It's historically accurate, you know. The oppressive love taking pieces of our bodies and selling them all. Yeah. Yes, but in this instance, this is a white slave. But I think I think that's part of the problem of this podcast, and this is shade towards all of y'all, is that a lot of y'all do not see Wolverine as a mutant. You see him as as a human with knives. Y'all don't I like see that. him as a mutant. I see him as a mutant, but I see him as a mutant that just loves fucking with cops. He's an Ofe. I, 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 I have always identified Wolverine as a mutant. Just it's just he wants interested. to cross over too much. I am not interested. <laughs> I'm going to call him the Kanye West of mutants. I will never do that. That's an insult to Wolverine. He, uh -oh. he's, he shows up when he needs to. 
And but like the act for me, I think personally, it's like the AVX event kind of haunts him because it was a moment where he was one of the only mutants who didn't side with the X Men. And his reasoning might have been strong, but how he was monitoring the Avengers throughout that event was very much not okay to me. Like, he was not holding his bros to the same standard that he held the X-Men to. Like, the X-Men like, oh, the Phoenix is too dangerous. You can't be doing that, blah, blah, blah. He's never said that to the Avengers. He's never gone, hey, uh, Tony, maybe you shouldn't be sticking around with the fundamental forces of the universe. Oh, hey, Reed, um, that's not a smart idea. Don't do that. He never walked up to T'Challa. Like, hey, T'Challa, it's not cool to create a splinter cell organization in your own country. It's kind of, it's kind of like deeply un, unnice. Now, I know we're not cool, but, you know, I said this to the mutants. Someone said it to you. He's never done that. Wolverine that's why I, I have is issues. more of a cop than Bishop is. He's a mutant. He is definitely a mutant. He has a healing factor. He has bone claws. He he has suffered as a result of everything, but I don't think that rationalizes how he moves through mutant circles. And I also don't think that rationalizes how boring he is. Yep. When his all three of his children are far more interesting characters. All three of them even though he has two other alternate universe children, which, whatever. I like him better when he's interacting with his children, when he's like a doting older, like just a doting dad who likes to do hunting things and like buys little girls dolls and like doesn't know like how to, how to not be awkward. I like the energy of Wolverine when he has to do normal things. <laughs> and like he realizes that, oh yeah, I'm deeply fucked up from being a soldier all my life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to hold normal conversations with people. I still would rather read about uh, Akira, Laura, and Gabby. I don't care about Logan. What's their team name? Wolves Den? Den of Wolves? Sure. I don't know. Weapon X's? Alpha and Omega. Now that would be a great book. Have a book about the the Wolverine called Weapon X. Ooh, didn't they do that? And then they just chopped it because of the miniseries. I have no idea, but I enjoyed it. But I have questions. Like, why is Jeff Bannister working for the X Deaths? I have no fucking idea, and I barely remember who the fuck this nigga is. I remember who he is because he's been he's been through most of the series with Wolverine through like situations and like his daughter and you know a lot of other things. But I didn't know he worked for the Excess. And so like, is he like a double agent? Like, I'm really curious. Like, I don't know what's going on. This is how very little I give a fuck about this book. I only read it because I know we're going to cover it. That is it. What? What, what does Wolverine need? I think maybe more witches. You know, I think him getting fucked up by sorcerers would be cool. Um, I've never thought Wolverine worked as a solo character. He doesn't. Never. His powers are too straightforward for him to feel like he is valid in any of the shit he's doing. It's not like he gets a Batman appeal. Where like, okay, Batman doesn't have impressive powers, but like his his... His gritty noir and like the fact that he like has fluctuated as a person 
across the issues. Like, I can honestly say I don't feel like Batman books always feel like the same type of person I'm reading about. It's like he feels different in different books. He just does. Um, you get different world, aspects of his personality. And his rose gallery basically makes some of his material too. So, mm-hmm. whereas Wolverine's rose gallery is just Sabretooth, who has his own series by himself. So he's not going to be in this book. So that it's Omega Red, who's his teammate. <sighs> I don't care. It's like all his villains are just him, are just different versions of him, but with with different motives in the moment. Like, you can't tell me Omega Red and Wolverine aren't basically the same person, just different contexts. Mm-hmm. Omega Red is bad because he's a communist. It's why Solemn actually is an interesting villain era counter to Wolverine. Also because he wants to because, fuck Wolverine. Right. So it's like, mm, this is cute, but outside of Solemn stories, it's like, okay, why are we here? <laughs> I don't know. I I still stand by that I would prefer a Wolverine book if he went to Araco because he would fit in and I want to see what his character would be like in a context where like everything you say is bad about Wolverine just isn't bad there. They would fuck with they would fuck with Wolverine the long way. They would go, oh, you're a warrior. We get it. Mm, something about Logan gives me like He's kind of racist. Did he own... Wasn't his father a slave owner? I think so. He comes from nobility. Like not nobility, but money. He's like high... He's like high blood. I mean... I don't, I don't think... I, I think my issue with Wolverine is just that it's just oversaturation. I think that's just my... That's always been my issue with him. I don't think he's a necessarily terrible character. Like, I enjoy his characterization. I just think that, like... He's like he he's more of a crush like the Phoenix storylines are. Like, can we just stop using Wolverine and everything? And I know he's the mascot of X-Men, but y'all need a new mascot. And there are other X-Men who can actually survive a solo series and it'd be interesting. Right. Storm being one of them, but I only want somebody black right in that. Um, Gambit can do it. So can Cable. Cable has shown that a lot. Right. So can a bunch of other niggas. You can be really interesting if you really want to be, but you're choosing not to be. Psylocke could have ran her own book. Kwana could run her own book. I think so. It's mm-hmm. like Electra, but more telepath. Okay, so... Okay... Mm. All right, so I guess we're going to go on to yeah. Our, uh, yeah, our other book with the actual Wolverine that we actually fucking respect. Exterminators number Exterminators. two. Exterminators. Yeah, let's get yep. it. Judges, your scores. Nine. Um, I'll give it a nine. I'm going to give it an 8.5. I give it a seven. Not about nobody else. I love it. I mean, it's not really a, a book to take serious, but I think it's fun. I think it's fun, especially considering these characters we have here. Like, I think it's, I think it's different. 
I like how goofy Laura is in this one, like how versus how they depicted her when she appeared. Because it was like it's like she just went from like Pharaoh to like, oh hey bitch, <laughs> hey girl. <laughs> it's always fun. I remember how far Laura has come as a person and how the books, like her characterization in the comics, kind of play on that. It's like old Laura back in the day would have just been like completely awkward because she's like fully in battle. Now Laura's just like I don't know. I go to the mall and shit. So. I just have one question because it just hasn't made sense to me. Laura gets her arm cut off and it doesn't A, heal or B, not get cut off because she has an adamantium skeleton now. Did they explain that or did I just miss that? No, she. the only thing she said was that it would, it would, it would grow back. But I'm like, well, I felt like that I don't know if that was like because whatever they were in that cage or whatever, I'm assuming was magic. So I don't know if that had something to do with it. I'm just I'm just okay, giving a I'm maybe. just giving okay. a uh, yeah I'm just giving okay. a guess. I don't know if it was because the the uh, the glass or whatever they were in the cage was you know it was magic, so it was able to pierce the adamantium. But she she said it would grow back, so I, I was confused on that too. And Laura is selling me on three characters I do not give a fuck about. I don't care about Dazzler, Jubilee, or Boom Boom. In fact, I really you dislike boom reading boom. about all three of them. Yes, I do. Um, How do you hate Dazzler? What is Dazzler every day? She's just as dry. I don't... I, I actually like Leave Lady Gaga alone. No, she's Madonna, and I said what I said. <laughs> I would never wow. sell Dazzler like this. <laughs> Wow. You think Dazzler uses the N-word unironically? I said that. Dazzler does not give... She shows... <laughs> I don't think bad. she gives that. Without Dazzler, do be... Cardi B couldn't talk about her WAP. I like the book because they all spend the whole time like reading each other. Yeah, I. that's why I'm. I like it because Laura is A, selling me on sticking around. And so then I'm enjoying the rest of it. And it does. But I don't like the three other characters outside of this book. I think that. But I'm trying to figure out too is like, why are they in change? Well, in in change at the Quiet Council? Because I guess, did they kill somebody? Are they trying to prove something? Mm -hmm. Like, they look like they're on trial. But he's, but Xavier said it wasn't a trial, though. That's the thing. So I don't know what. Xavier also said the whole, the they, whole wasn't a prison, yeah. and it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, right. But they basically what what was not the place was the fact of fucking Xavier. Xavier is a liar. He is a liar. He is a liar. But basically, coming from anyone Xavier, named Xavier is a liar. Name one person you know named Xavier that ain't lying. Okay, fair. But <laughs> the thing, I think from what Emma was saying was that they basically. They basically were. They started a, uh, I guess a, 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 they nearly caused a war with the Vampire Nation. Is basically what they did. So I don't Notice know. If the Vampire Nation only exists within X Men books. Notice that no one cares about the Vampire Nation, but the, yeah, everyone but cares about the Mutant Nation. Yeah, yeah, I feel like personally, Personally, I feel like I'd care more about a nation of vampires than I would about mutants. That's just me. 
Um, I would also care more about Atlantis, who we haven't seen in a very long time now. Because what the fuck is Namor up to? Jerking. He's fucking a bunch of men and women back to back. Uh, yes, love that for him. But mm-hmm. also, you're a mutant who has decided that you did not want to uh, side up with Krakoa and Araco and all that. Cool, that's fine. You have your own kingdom, you have your own shit. Cool, that's great. But um, help me understand where we lie and the things that you're doing and got going on because you just pop up in the Avengers books and that's a mutant that I don't... Well, we all know Namor was Uncle Tom through and through. If if there's no ask for him to clap on the team, he's not coming to it. He was was playing around with Gene Gray and them because he wanted to uh, fuck Gene for a little bit and he got over it. He and Emma would really be cute. I don't think... Emma likes... In truth, Emma, I don't think, enjoys men who remind her of Sebastian Shaw. I don't think she likes big egos. I think she was just feeling neglected from Cyclops, and so she did something she really shouldn't have done, uh, which is... Or he and Cyclops would be cute also. Yeah. Or he and Bobby. That would be real cute. Yeah. Or even better, he and Christian Frost. Now you're pushing it. (laughs) 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 Christian Frost... I don't know why I'm starting to get annoyed by him. Uh, <laughs> well, Namor, Namor is the Peter Guns of the MCU. He don't want nothing that does that unless it belongs to somebody else. Yeah. So yeah, he not go. He not go off. He not go over the Emma because no one is interested in Emma because they're all too intimidated by her. But Gene and Sue Storm. Oh, he wants he to fuck that shit out. Storm. That is that that is uh, Tara and Amina, right? Oh, he fucks Sue Storm down every time. Reed forgets. That he has a wife, Namor is right there digging her down. I'm right there in that ivory white tush <laughs> every that's, night. That's why Franklin was originally a mutant because he he got his ex gene from his daddy, his real daddy, <laughs> his real daddy. Not y'all saying that uh, uh, Franklin Rich is really Chloe uh, Kardashian. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> That's why Reed was mad and tried to hide his ex gene because he knows that makes sense. I can I can see that because because he knows that's what he whispered. Know that Namor is. He whispered. That's what uh, Reed whispered to um to Charles at last year's uh, ex uh, Hellfire Gala, <laughs> but we didn't get to read what it said. I know Namor's uh, Franklin's daddy. That's what he said. Namor? How long have you been fucking Sue? (laughs) (laughs) Every day. (laughs) Every day. Every day. Since the the damn 50s. We can make it fried fish every night. Yeah, that's crazy. Why are you busy locking yourself in that that fuck ass lab? Sue is busy getting dicked down. That's why she's not bothering you. Found out just about how how indestructible her walls are. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember and that? Doom is Valeria's daddy. So, ouch. Mm. I would like to know. Reed's impotent. 
I would have loved mm-hmm. to know their thoughts on that suit, that one suit that Sue used to wear back in the day, where it was basically before, like a leotard. The wind was goop in the shape of the four. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I feel like Storm walked in and just went, Storm, Sue, where are you doing? <laughs> where are you wearing? What is this, honey? <laughs> this is desperate. <laughs> like, Why do you look like you about to go down to the pack? Let's get Dan Van Dyke's racist, racist ass to make you white people some things. It's like, yeah. this is baby. It's just a lot going on all at once. <laughs> you got to pick some things here. You want the blue window? You can't also have, like, the collar, okay? <laughs> so you you got to pick. You got to pick. Yeah. <laughs> like, you look like you're about to go down to the pink. <laughs> Real. This is like Fashion Nova by way of shine, baby. <laughs> Sue was going down it's to the, the pink before the, Sue was going down to the pink before the pink was even a thing. <laughs> All right, so I think it's time for this week's circuit party. Yeah, Coke. Yeah, Coke. You, you look, you have Coke. Are you holding? Are you holding? Share. Share. Can you hear me? Share. I'll suck your dick. I'll, I'll... Okay. Okay. Let's go. All right. Let's go. This is a test to see how long we can get Showtime to keep going through the atlas. I was going to go. Has great breath control. He has great breath control. He really does. So does talent. I so... really know how to. Never mind. Never mind. Oh no, we know you. I do. was going to go south really, really quick. Yeah. <laughs> Very limited oxygen supply underneath the covers, isn't there? <laughs> uh huh. It's also when you have something uh, blocking your esophagus. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Time those breaths real well. <laughs> I go back to the esophagus. I'm like, oh, this is. <laughs> I said, I forgot my body needs oxygen. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to know how to take a quick, deep breath. It's a singer skill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Deep breath before you go in. But then, like, you got to, like, time, like, the uh, the length. If it's really long, you got, like, get a, get, got to slide right off that real quick, get the gulp, and then go back in. It's it's a, it's a technique. It's a technique. And not everyone fits into the bad bitch genre, so they don't understand that. But for this week's circuit party, we're going to be discussing something near and dear to my heart, which is the Dark Phoenix Saga. Penis? Dick. No, dick is near and dear to my hole. I love that for you. So the Dark Phoenix Saga, go ahead. The Dark Phoenix Saga. So, you know, we're going to be discussing, comparing, like, the impact of the Dark Phoenix Saga on not just comic book culture, but all genre fiction in general. I'm talking Buffy, because, you know, we had the Dark Willow Saga, and... Then we had Charmed with the Queen of Evil saga with Phoebe when she wants to suck a demon dick over taking care of her family. Um, <laughs> we have, like, it's just so many. There's, there's always a dark era. It's a whole trope now that mm-hmm. anytime a character goes evil, they become a dark version of whatever they were. Mm-hmm. And that's all Gene's impact. That's all, that's all fire crotch, you know? That's all queen homophobia. Child, that is exactly who and what she is. <laughs> but you know, she isn't. She's not a racist. She may hate you, faggots, <laughs> through and through, but she hates a racist. One thing she loves 
is hugging on small black babies and taking care of them and nurturing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that gay shit that's ungodly. You need to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a funny meme. <laughs> she is homophobic. <laughs> oh, she hates you homos. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to discuss, what do y'all think was the most pivotal, like, either word-for-word adaptation of the Dark Phoenix Saga? And do you think that this is why people can't do a successful Dark Phoenix Saga in movies anymore? Like, it's played out. People don't want to see the story of Jean um, losing control of her her powers because women can't control power. Um, The best Dark Phoenix redo, House of M. House of M. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that's so fucking shady, Showtime. <laughs> it is shady. It is shady. That's so fucking shady. That's... <laughs> that is, yeah. How could you say something so controversial and yet so true? Very controversial. <laughs> I mean, if you're just gonna rehash Dark Phoenix, go ahead and just make it the Scarlet Witch this time, girl. They're both red. <laughs> They're both like kind of psychic. It we're mutants. It works out. How would you feel they are just some made? big ass space entity is um is possessing them at the time, so that gives them a bo- a boost in power or whatever the fuck. Okay, cool. How would Great. you have felt if Wanda had just gotten the Phoenix Force? <laughs> she got Cthone. She got her own version of that. Cthone. And if I have to say, like, I really feel like for me, if she were to get possessed by the Phoenix Force, I feel like it would be like the, uh, somebody with lactose that has lactose intolerance. Because no chaos magic and the Phoenix Force don't mesh well. I mean, yeah, you can, you know, possess it or whatever, but you still won't get the bubble guts. I wish they did more of well, that. Well, you know what? You know what? Actually, let's give her the Phoenix Force so that she can explode immediately and we don't have to be bothered with her anymore. I feel like I want to see more of, like, when people want to incapacitate Jean, they lock her in chaos magic, like, cuffs or shit. I feel like that should be happening more. And people would just go, like, well, in the future, you will become the Phoenix, and henceforth, all the Phoenix's weaknesses will work on you. I feel like that's racist of you to say, Stephen. I feel like, and I'm, if you, I'm now having you to angry? look at you sideways. Are you uh, angry, Kanye oh, Mari West? I'm a mutant and shackles. Are you, are you angry shackles? at me, Showtime? Is that is you that make it hurt? Is that where we're going? You gonna is make it hurt? <laughs> I really, feel you like really it. want you really want to see the nigger. I'm being a bad boy again. I am I a bad boy, Showtime. Am I naughty? Are you in the race play, Stephen? Because that sounds like a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Ew. <laughs> Ew. How could you say that? How could anyway, you say? Anyway, I'll go ahead and answer your little question. Because I'm glad that you used the um, uh, Dark Willow saga as a reference. So, I think that it is a trope that's used in a lot of um, shows, media, whatever. And um, just like with the, the Dark Willow saga, that's all, that all led up to a certain point because Willow started studying the dark 
parts. Didn't she do it in like, correct me, like season three or season two? Because I really want to say it season was technically two. her first spell was season one, um, but she didn't refine her magic until I honestly do want to say it was season two because yeah. she she sold Angel. Yeah, because I was going to say that's that's what she did. So she gave Angel her soul back. So the thing, the thing with it is like that was all leading up to a certain point because she started getting stronger and more proficient with um with the with with magic and everything, and that's just like with Jean Grey. Jean Grey, she you know got a, you know she started getting more proficient with her abilities, but then it started kind of um, like with the thing in outer space. You know, the Phoenix was attached to that, so. After that, that's Ooh, like, have you guys she, heard those like readings of that scene of her in that plane? And like, I heard one pivotal one by a comic book. Like, she did a whole run on like this describing different eras and just walking you through it and like mm-hmm. giving historical context. Like, why did the story hit like that during this time? Mm-hmm. And like, she read like scene for scene the scene of Jean in that plane and like her begging out to the universe to say, like, I'm not ready to die. My mm-hmm. friends will live. I don't want to die. Something come and help me, please. And like how she read that, it gets it forces you to see why people fuck with Jean so much. Because it yeah. was it was raw emotion. That bitch was pleading for her fucking life to not die because she did not want to leave her friends. Yeah. And I, I, feel, I feel like <laughs> that kind of coincided with the Dark Willow saga too, because at one point. Willow, um, she stopped using magic for a while after losing Tara. You know, she was begging and pleading. Yeah, yeah. She was begging and pleading with these supernatural forces not to let her die. And because she died a human death, you know, she couldn't do anything. So that sent her over the edge, which you know, led her to want to give revenge on Warren, and she's absorbing all the uh, dark magic from the magic box out of the books and the texts and shit. So I really feel like in comparison, like it does, it does kind of go hand to hand, even though it was different, even though that was magic. Like I feel like that was, I feel like the Dark Phoenix uh, saga is definitely used for a lot of powerful female characters when you have a character that's really powerful and then they want to have their, I guess, villain era or something that since like sends them over the edge, I feel like they use that as a cat like a way to kind of I guess kind of like go based off of the saga or whatever. I mean you could always I mean you could always see it. Even with like you said, Charmed. Charm did it with Phoebe. Um what's another one? Um there's so many names. There was one Bonnie Bennett had it in the Vampire Diaries. Um during her expression era. But I think how they adapted is they definitely lean on that aspect of friendship. Like the Dark Willow saga was up and stuck because like you had that scene of her succumbing to addiction before me. And she's like, she's begging Buffy not to abandon her. And Buffy got to stop and like force herself to go back and help Willow. Like not by any other choice. She's about to fuck her up. Had to force herself to turn around and go to Willow and be like, I'm your friend, so I have to do this by definition. Yeah. And then how it all got through on the way when Tara died. Yeah. Gunned down, senselessly, randomly, and something she wasn't even involved in. And literally, she was only there because Willow and her made up. 
And I like how they I did it. Screw it. She, she <laughs> was. And I like how they did it. And, and they kind of compared her using magic to like drug addiction. Like it was like she, my sister, like at the end of that episode, like she was like, she was having cold sweats and everything, shaking, like all types of shit. So almost sucked I, dick for spells. <laughs> she's really on the <laughs> But I think that um I think in the same way it could be the same could be said about Jean and the Phoenix Force because with the Phoenix Force she got more she got more attached and more um comfortable with this power. So it's like, you know, it's it's almost like an adrenaline rush. So in the same way, like I mean, prior to the prior to like you know the the Hellfire Club being you know brought up and everything, like she was definitely on a power kick. Like you could definitely see it when she, her and Emma Frost faced off. Like she, you know, every time they had that moment where um, you could see she succumbing to this power, it was like you could see like they would draw like the Phoenix Force in her face, kind of like a shadow or whatever. So. I could say like it's a it could be compared to that way too. It was like a drug. Let's discuss this uh the triumph of it all. The Queen of Evil, um, bad bitch, you know, I wanna be a Republican era of Phoebe Hollowell. Cause you know, I always say Charmed is the best X-Men show to ever exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I lived for the seer. I loved her. She was She's a bad bitch through and through, and none of y'all could check her. Destiny mm-hmm. wishes she was her. <laughs> That's yeah, really what I, we love Destiny so much, is that she's just the seer from Charmed. Yeah, I love I love the seer. Bring but, the children oh, yeah, we to could, me. <laughs> but we could definitely tell that um, Phoebe was in her uh, Dark Phoenix era. The, 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 the bangs kind of told it all, though. The bangs were the bangs a foreshadowing, were, definitely. Yeah. Um, However, comma, her man was also fine. So, like, I understood. The original uh, Victor Von Doom. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, was he actually fine or was he just fine for the time period? I thought he was attractive for that time period. I, I still think he's somewhat fine. Because I got, like, you know, there was Leo and, you know, at that period of time, early Leo, he was fine. Um, Daryl mm-hmm. Morris, Again, I don't get why Phoebe didn't fuck that married man. She would fuck up married man before. Yeah, Daryl was Daryl. He was had morals, and he that. didn't want to put his. He didn't want to put um, his man essence in that white woman, and that witch. <laughs> and Daryl was Daryl was very fine. That. He was a real one. Threw three couples bitches down. <laughs> he was, but after season seven, he said, "I had enough." He was like, "Y'all are not gonna keep using me." So when it comes to my wife, um, the Phoenix Saga, <laughs> the Dark Phoenix Saga, and like how it interpreted in the Queen of Evil era for Phoebe being like as a, as like they played on her sense of family. And it was like, oh, I think family is it, is everything. I've been kicked out of this family before and let that shit happen again. To inverting that to be at Cole and Cole being her family and her damn baby, that cluster of evil cells in her womb. Mm-hmm. And that was right after they gave her the empath power, where she could just copy anybody's power. Oh no, that was before. That was just before she got the empath power. The random empath power. That was like the next season afterwards. 
I did want to say, like, I I really felt like some of their abilities were, like, the, the, the other abilities they got was very inconsistent. Because it, it, I, I really felt we're like... We're podcast right now. All right, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, because I, I really felt... Because I, I really feel like, like, even, like, for example, Prue... Like, I get that she's, like, a telekinetic and uh, she did transmutation. I think, like, one time when she refilled the glass on, like, the first episode or some shit. Uh, yeah, but you never trust first episodes. They always do wild shit. They always do. But right. she um, she had astral projection. And I'm like, I didn't feel like she... I didn't feel like she needed that. I really feel like she, her and Phoebe should have swapped. Because I feel yeah. like I feel like her abilities are more active. Well, Prue's abilities were active. So if she was going to do anything, she should have been the one doing the levitation, and then Phoebe should have had the um, should have had the the, the astral projection. Because I feel like Phoebe should have had more mental type of abilities. That's just mm-hmm. me. Like I mean, she did. She was an empath, but I feel like if they were going to go another route and give her give them all like secondary powers or whatever the hell it was called, then I really feel like she should have had the astral projection. I think the only person it, who made sense was Piper's. I know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing room started doing coke, right? And mm-hmm. huge amounts. And things just started not making sense uh, <laughs> across the board. Um, things were dropped. Uh, balls in particular, but also morals. Um when Billy came along, we yeah, the rest of it was fucking, lost entirely around then. I fucking hated both of those bitches. I, I hated that entire season. That entire season, that I fucking fire hated starting it. bitch, Christy. <laughs> Good shit, ass. Um, there were some things to love. Um, particularly during the Chris era, when he was just a mopey little shit. Every other scene, um, mm-hmm. and Leo. People keep saying they don't like the love story of Leo and Piper. I fucked with it. I think Leo's an important part of the story. Um, I mm-hmm. thought he was an important part of the family. He's also why I, I I think that's why I don't hate Cyclops as much is because Cyclops reminds me of Leo sometimes. That's fair. Except um, Leo would never cheat on his wife. Um, he's a wife guy through and through. And that shit would never went down. And him and Cyclops have ass, so... Ass, they have or abs. abs. Ass, yeah, his ass is sitting right in those jeans. I don't know. Yeah. The Dark Phoenix saga is They're powerful, people. potent. It's good storytelling. It's good writing. Um, mm-hmm. it's good pacing. Uh, and I think that now it just gets watered down because stories can't be told as long as they need to be for the story to be executed. Like I think the. I think the closest we got down to a new Jean Grey allegory was in um, Doctor Sleep when little Avra she was a little black girl who had psychic powers and like she was the most powerful psychic to be born, period. Um, So she was doing wild shit and she was going up against basically worse Emma Frost uh, called I think her name was The Hat? Rose The Hat. That's her name. Rose The Hat. Mm -hmm. Who was basically Celine, Jean, and like a bunch of, she was like a carny situation going on. Like she was traveling about, robbing rubes, using her powers for evil. 
uh, abducting small children and torturing them to death so that she can suck on their psychic abilities um, as they approach death in the most painful way possible. Shit like that. And Abra, being a young black entrepreneur, said, I'm going to kill you, bitch. And I recommend it. 10 out of 10, the best X-Men movie to ever exist is Dr. Sleep. I think I have another comparison too, but I don't I don't know. I kind of wish watch it about it. Um the Umbrella Academy and uh, what was her name who blew up the moon? I forgot. Um Vanya, whose name Vanya. is Victor now. Okay, cool. Well at the time well, Victor blew up the moon. Um I think that would have been a Kind of a good comparison because it was kind of like a prophecy type of thing. It it was, I think, down to literally suppressing uh, Victor's abilities so that they didn't manifest. I think all that played into the narrative. I don't know. There's a lot of different examples when you sit down and you really focus at it. Like, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't read this old DC book before the new 52, when... um, Barry Marvel went evil and started working for Darkseid. That was completely a Phoenix. Oh, they're, they're doing that same plot on Young Justice. Yeah, I know, I saw. I don't like how they're executing it, though. Like, that storyline was, like, fucking wild. What she was doing was fucking wild. She They kind of took elements of the Dark Willow saga and mixed it in, and so she got an addiction to magic now. Hmm. And, like, it's just yeah. manifesting worse and worse. And like, she goes to Zatanna. Zatanna's like, yeah, I've trained you in magic. And Zatanna's like, actually, no, never mind, because you're fucking insane. And you're addicted to power. You're doing reckless shit. So get the fuck out of my house, Mysteries. Uh, threw her out, and then she went to Dark Side. And then Dark Side goes, like, I'll give you all the power you want. Uh, you, you serve me as one of my furies. I'll give you anything possible. You just got to go kill your brother. Sure. And you would think she'd go, no, I can't do that. I'm so conflicted. Mary said, bet. Ran out and fucked him up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Billy is not that big of an issue to handle. He wasn't then. Like, that was... Uh, it was, like, late era Shazam. What happened was, it was after the end of Magic, when um, Eclipse... Not, it was a Spectre. Spectre went after all Magic users. Before the Shadow Pact formed, basically. So, like, he went after all magic users. And then, like, Mary, when the Rock of Eternity blew up, they were, the magic they were drawing on was finite. And so, one day, magic turned off. Mary was flying over an ocean, fighting harpies. And then she plummeted out of the sky and fell two miles into an ocean. And she was a paraplegic and was a vegetable for months. And then she was powerless. It traumatized her. Uh, Captain Marvel Jr. got the promotion, became Shazam, and she was jealous. She was a hater. She was a hater. Be your own people. Be your own people who go evil and turn their costumes black and steal Black Adam's magic. I mean, just think, Phoebe was basically betraying the group for some dick, her own sisters. For some dick, for some Republican dick. Child. And then Would you do a Showtime? Had... Would you betray your family for Republican dick? No. Um, child, I just want to say this for um, all of our listeners out there who don't know this. It is an absolutely dumbass 
awful ass idea to send any Kryptonian to go fight Black Adam. That's it. That's all. <laughs> yes, it is an absolutely dumb idea to send someone whose one vulnerability is magic to go fight magic Superman. They did not think that through. That was not a smart idea. Amanda Waller did not have Wait, a smart spoiler idea. Spoiler alerts for Black Adam. <laughs> spoiler alerts for Black Yabaloo. Adam. Don't that movie was so all over the place. I think it fits because I think Black Adam kind of counts as a Dark Phoenix analog because he does spearhead one of those in several different situations. Mm-hmm. But he is the Phoenix Force for Ms. Mar- from uh, Ms. Marvel. Sinister is also a similar thing. I'm sorry, not Sinister. Sinestro is also a, a similar thing where he starts as a Green Lantern and corrupts into a Yellow Lantern. Mm-hmm. I think that movie um, was actually supposed to be a Justice Society movie and then it forgot because The Rock came and I said, I'll play Black Adam. They said, let's shoehorn him in. Because the good parts of that movie were the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I will say that if they had used Power Girl instead of Adam Smasher, and the Power Girl that I'm referring to is not the Kryptonian one because, ugh, gross. Um, it is uh, Tanya Spears who has a similar power set but is also a smart black girl. And if Aldous Hodge needs anyone to sit on his face, I'll gladly do it. Um, even when he was saying... I will gladly polish his throne. Exactly. Um, even as he was saying stupid shit every five seconds in that movie, I was just like, God, you're fucking sexy. And it just erased it. That haircut uh, was doing a lot. The gold accent to the skin tone ratio was doing wonders. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm creaming on it. That's all I want to say. Wonderful. Dr. Faye is better than Dr. Strange in every way in their cinematic universes. And that's all I also want to say. That suit was great. He looked hot. Um, He looked powerful. Mm -hmm. He looked potent. He also looked like he knew what the fuck he was doing. He went and um, bullied children. He still got his sit rocked by Black Adam, which goes to tell you just how fucking strong Black Adam actually is. I say it was kind of fair. He wasn't, that's the fake didn't feel like he was like going all out on his ass. He felt like he was just throwing shit and he's like, I don't really need to be here. None of this actually matters. He didn't feel like he believed any of the shit Hawkman was saying. He was just like there for his homie. Like Hawkman asked Mm -hmm. me to come. I came. This is going to go bad. Because we all know comic book Dr. Fate would fuck up Black Adam. I think so. I think so. Also, I heard that little sound edit when he was having Dr. Fate flex because he said Sorcerer Supreme. He definitely said Sorcerer Supreme, but he edited out the Supreme because he just says, I'm I'm Dr. Fate, Sorcerer, Lord of Order. And I was like, that's not, what you, that's not what you're supposed to say. You're the Sorcerer Supreme. You're the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, that's... Say it. It's not copywritten. You can say it. I believe. But I think they didn't I just they didn't want to open themselves up to Marvel being able to say um anything to them. He's gonna have the audacity. Because already to just it's do a it. captain. 
it's already they already have a Captain Marvel issue, so they don't want to. I would have just said Sorcerer Supreme. But though he wasn't flexed like Enchantress was, so I don't think in this universe he's the most powerful sorcerer. Because Enchantress was flexing. She was. Like all over that the bitch. But all right. Also, Enchantress is a, in both DC and Marvel, is a more interesting and more cunt ass character than the Scarlet Witch. I said what the She's fuck I said. She's full cunt. It's full cunt. People go like, oh, Zatanna versus Scarlet Witch. No, it's it's Scarlet Witch versus Enchantress. And Enchantress beats the fuck out of her. Every time. Every single time. They be going Even her, with using her power, that little scene in Suicide Squad when the hand comes up and grabs her hand and then flips it, and then she's the Enchantress. That shit was... You eat it up every time. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what are we looking forward to to next week? Oh, Jesus. Um, There's a lot going on over there. Um, um, Let's see. Trying to stall for the fact that none of us have this pulled up. I'm opening DC (laughs) up while you guys are racing to open up Marvel. I think... uh, I think... Um... So we have. Oh, I got it now. We have Deadpool number one and X Men Red number eight. Yeah, yeah. And I'm on for that one. Black Panther number eleven comes out next week too. I'll give it a gander. But also, Poison Ivy has been also been a really interesting book. Now we got some books that are going to be great. We have a lot of books that Showtime says he's too good for because he's anti-black. We have Dark Knights of Steel, number eight. No, thank you. The cover is actually really nice. I'm going to show you the cover. I like this cover. I like that cover. That's cute. Wonder Woman and her girlfriend, Power Girl. Um, we have I'm, I'm looking for mostly the Dark Knights of Steel it's been on a hiatus for a bit Tales of the Amazons cause you know we love the Amazons over here we love them dearly we love girl power yep, the man who stopped laughing I don't know what the fuck that's about the new champion of Shazam number 3 with Ms. Marvel who we're just discussing yeah. that's cute and they also have Batgirls, if you're into that. Some girl-on-girl action. And, Monte, what are you looking forward to? Um, I am looking forward to Dark Knights of Steel. Definitely that one. It's going to be so um, much fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. Um, oh, my God. Oh, Showtime. What about what about has anybody read She-Hulk? She-Hulk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm too gay. For I read that. like two issues and then was like, I'm I'm good. No, thank you. Well, she um she got hired as Krakoa's lawyer. To deal with any cases that pop up, basically, from our negligence in other countries. Because, <laughs> you know, these niggas don't be Nightcrawler, paying attention. They used to be blowing up buildings. Nightcrawler came over and was like, 
hey, girl, so we need you to be our lawyer. Um, and then she pushed back and said, you have like a billion fucking lawyers at telepaths and whatever the fuck else over there. Why do you need me? And Nightcrawler was like, because in America, America doesn't respect that. Yeah, they don't. I said, it's not constitutional to be telepathic <laughs> and just tell you that they're lying to you. And so she said, okay, I'll be your American lawyer. Though I would outsource telepaths to uh, American appointment systems because though it's inadmissible in court, they're as legitimate as PIs. Unless they pass a law that says you're not allowed to use telepathic information in court cases, which is counterintuitive to the entire legal process. Hmm. But yeah, that's what I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to. Any last oh. statements for our fans at home who are horny and ready? Um, all of you are faggots. Excellent. We love Thank ass. You. We love ass with stretch marks. Definitely. And I, I love a big dick bottom. Yes. Especially a good six-foot big dick bottom. You guys deserve love every day. And if no one tells you, you matter. Mm-hmm. Especially the fem niggas. Especially y'all. Thank you. Have a great week.